Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. Romans chapter 1. Please, the gospel. The gospel of God. And we're going to, today's sermon, the title of the sermon is The Gospel of Our King. The Gospel of Our King. I'm so happy to see everybody here today gathering together to read and to understand God's word, his message for us. So let's go to the author for understanding. Our Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for this day. Lord, I thank you that you allow us to gather together every Sunday and to open your word. And Lord, there's so many things that I want to say, so many things that... uh, I want to do to make me look good, to sound smart, but Lord, today we're preaching your word, so take that away from me, Lord. Not my words, but your words. Lord, open the eyes of the people, of your people, to understand the scripture. Let scripture inform our lives. Lord, thank you because your word is alive and it is sufficient even in this day and age. So guide us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody had a good night's sleep? Yes? Okay, so nobody should be falling asleep today, huh? Okay, perfect. If you, if you start to see that your neighbor is, is uh, 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 falling asleep, uh, throw your Bible at him. Throw your Bible at him. That's, that's not the best advice, probably, but just, just make sure to, to try to stay awake. It's a... Uh, it is a battle. It is a battle. Uh, I think of, of, the, of the apostles and Jesus asked them to pray with them, right? And they fell asleep. They fell asleep and the Lord Jesus Christ had an urgency and he wanted his, his apostles to pray with him and we fell asleep. So don't fall asleep today. We have just about 30 minutes, 30 minutes of sermon today. Romans chapter one and we're gonna read verses one all the way to seven. I don't think that we're going to get through the seven verses, but I'm hopeful. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son. So, so if you have, if you have your, your inductive Bible, connect, connect that part, the, the last section of verse 1 with verse three, set apart for the gospel of God, and the gospel of God is concerning his son, okay? So I just want you to make that connection. Concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh, and and what's the significance that he's descendant of David? That he has right to rule as king of Israel and was declared to be son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the death. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. What an opening statement from Paul. We learned last Sunday that Paul is a servant, that he chose to be a servant of Jesus Christ. And he was called 
to be an apostle. And we, we went through his calling, right? He, he, he asked, who are you, Lord? And Lord Jesus Christ, he got right to the point. I am Jesus Christ who you're persecuting, but I'm gonna tell you what to do next. And that was the end. That was his calling. And he submitted to the calling of God. He was an apostle. He was, it was a person that was sent forth to the Gentiles. And that's you and me, and that's fantastic. And, and, and it would be, it's, to me, it's fascinating to think that we're connected all to the apostle Paul. If we were to trace how we all came to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, it would go back to one of them. It would go back to one of them. So we get here to the end of verse one, set apart for the gospel of God. And we're gonna spend a good amount of time understanding what this little phrase means, okay? The gospel, first and foremost, belongs to God. It is the gospel of God. So it is not what you want it to be. It is not what I think it is. It's the gospel of God. So I would, I would like to have God inform me of what that gospel is. The gospel, it's, it's just an English translation of the Greek word evangelion, which, which means the news, news that bring great joy. News that bring great joy. Good news. It is not a human gospel. It is not a human gospel. It, it, is, it is of God. It is interesting to note that the Greeks and the Romans, they both had their own idea of the gospel. Did you know that? That the Romans and the Greek had their own gospel. And let me, let me explain this a little bit to you. When we hear the term gospel today, it is connected to Christianity, really. We understand that it has to do with something in the Bible there in the, in the gospels, the gospels, uh, but, but, but what is it? When this word was used in the Greek context and the Roman context, this word was political in nature, okay? It was, it was a political word, the gospel. In, in, the, in the time of the Greeks and the Romans, uh, from the time of Alexander the Great and into the Roman Empire, this word used to refer to, to, to things that happened that, were, that would make history, life-changing events, things that happened that opened a new set of possibilities for all, for all the people, announcements that had impact on every citizen of Rome or Greece for that matter. So, so let me give you an example of the gospel. Are you guys familiar with the ba Battle of Marathon? Okay. The, 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 the first man that ran so much for, for some reason, okay? I, 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 don't, I don't think that I could run a marathon. But he, but he did, there, there was a battle and, and Greece was invaded by Persia. And the odds were really against Greece. They had no chance to win. But they did, but they did. So, so after the battle, Greeks sent, uh, the, the, the Greeks sent uh, uh, preachers that would go and proclaim the victory of Greece. Proclamation of good news. In every town and village in the country. To tell the people that what had happened and declare the victory of Greece. These people were evangelists. They, they were sending the gospel, the good news to all the citizens. And, and imagine, it's really good news. You know, I, I think of the war in Ukraine right now. When that war is over, people are going to be really happy. It's life-changing events. 
That was the gospel of Greece. Now, now the Roman gospel, it gets even more interesting. It's so interesting, the Roman gospel. The, the, the Greek cities, they fell into a lot of corruption and there was a lot of strife. Uh, life was really hard. But there comes this man, Octavian, and he defeated the forces of Mark Anthony and Cleopatra and, 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 and the, the Roman world, there was peace then after this. And he, he, it's interesting to note that these dates are very close to the birth of Jesus Christ. The, the relief for the subjects of the kingdom was great, no more war. Roman peace, peace. Don't we all want peace? We want just to live in peace. Let government leave me alone, I just wanna live in peace. And this is what they had, peace in Rome. Um, and, and, and what the emperors would do in Rome, they would use mythology, the, the Greek mythology, Roman mythology, to, to make their claim as emperors even stronger. So it was a mix of politics and religion that was happening there. Um, and, and let me read this decree that was sent forth on the birthday of Caesar. The most divine Caesar, we should consider equal to the beginning of all things. Listen, listen, for when everything was falling into disorder and tending toward dissolution, he restored it once more and gave the whole world a new aura. Caesar, the common good, fortune for all, the beginning of life and vitality. All the cities adopt the birthday of the divine Caesar as a new beginning of the year where the providence which has regulated our whole existence has brought our life to the climax of perfection, giving to us the emperor, Augustus, who being sent to us and our descendants as savior, has put an end to war and has sent all things in order and having become God manifest, Caesar has fulfilled all the hopes of earlier times. That's the gospel of Rome. Now, let me ask you a question. Was it a good thing that chaos ended? Yes. There was prosperity for a lot of people in that time. Where is that peace today? The gospel of Rome sounds good, but it's not lasting. I mean, we, 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 <laughs> we see what's happening. It's not lasting. So, parallel to the gospel of Rome, we have the gospel of God. It's a different type of gospel, and it's a different type of kingdom. This was written, this, this, this portion that I, that I read to you was written in, in 6 BC, and it was around the same time that Jesus was born. The gospel of God is different. It is his plan, it is his timing, it is his promise, it is his word and it is his work. It's the story of the kingdom of God that starts here on earth, heaven on earth. The story of love, a God that loves us and has provided a rescue for us all. He promised this gospel beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God 
and power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the death. Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the gospel of God. Not like the gospel of Rome. This reminds me so much of the words of Jesus Christ. And let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. El Evangelio, el Evangelio. La, la semana pasada aprendimos que Pablo era un siervo del de Señor Jesucristo. Y, y, y les presenta sus credenciales. Empieza Pablo, siervo del Señor Jesucristo, llamado a ser apóstol para predicar el Evangelio a todo el mundo. Y, y entendemos que el evangelio, es, el evangelio es una palabra que se ocupa nada más para buenas noticias. El Evangelio significa buenas noticias. Y en Roma, en el tiempo de Jesús, cuando Jesús nació, estaba el Imperio Romano como la potencia mundial. Y en Roma ellos tenían su propio Evangelio. Era un Evangelio en el que el emperador era el Salvador. Y lo comparaban con una deidad, lo comparaban con Dios. Y paralelo al Evangelio de Roma, tenemos el Evangelio de, de, de Dios, el Evangelio de Dios. Ahora déjame decirte, el Evangelio de Roma no, no, no resultó. ¿Dónde está Roma ahora? ¿Dónde está el Imperio Romano? Se quebró, se rompió, muchas vidas fueron destruidas. No hubo paz. Pero el Evangelio de Dios nos promete paz verdadera. Es verdadero, es real, no es como nuestro Evangelio humano. By the end of, I, I think that in a year or so, everybody's going to be bilingual in this church. Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 48. Then he said to them, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must, must be fulfilled. Do you see the resemblance from Romans chapter one and this passage? See, everything that was written in the Old Testament, what we know as the Old Testament is about me. Everything that was written is about me. And he, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the death and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You. There's a few things to know. I can ask you today, I can go, and ask everybody, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? And, and I'm, I'm going to get probably as different uh, answers as there's people here. But we need to allow the Bible to explain itself. You will never understand what the Bible is about, is about if you don't allow the Bible to explain itself. We believe in the authority of scriptures. So let us submit to that authority. Half-truths are lies and constructions. What is the gospel then? The Bible was written for my benefit. Telling us how we can go back to that original state, to the kingdom of God, to heaven on earth, the garden of Eden, what was lost at the beginning. The, New Testament, the Old Testament deals with the preparation for the arrival of the Messiah. And the New Testament shows us the coming of that Messiah in his perfect work, work for us all. So when we read the scriptures, according to Paul and according to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we read the scriptures, we must realize that the main story of the Bible is the gospel of God concerning his son. Concerning his son. Let's go to Genesis 1.1. And then, and, then, and then other people can look Revelation chapter 22. 
en, en Lucas capítulo 24, versículo 44, 48, el Señor Jesús habla y les dice todo lo que estaba escrito en la ley de Moisés, en los profetas y en los, en los escritos. Todo es acerca de mí. Nosotros, yo les podría preguntar ahorita, ¿qué es el Evangelio? ¿Qué es el Evangelio? Y, y voy a tener tantas respuestas como hay gente aquí. Entonces, ¿por qué no mejor dejamos que el Señor nos informe y nos diga qué es el Evangelio de verdad? ¿Qué es lo que Él quiere compartir con nosotros? ¿Cuáles son esas buenas noticias que tiene para nosotros? Porque la Biblia se explica a sí misma. Y la Biblia, nosotros creemos que es sin error y es perfecta. Entonces, nos debemos someter a esa autoridad. En el Antiguo Testamento... Vemos que el Señor nos preparó para la llegada de este Mesías y en el Nuevo Testamento vemos que el Mesías que está aquí. La Biblia es el Evangelio de Dios acerca de su Hijo. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, who? In the beginning, God. And then let's go to Revelation chapter, chapter uh, uh, 22, verses 20 to 21. He who testifies to this thing says, surely I am coming, coming soon. Amen. Come who? Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Is the gospel of God concerning his son Jesus Christ all throughout scriptures. Okay, so I hope that, that, that next, next time you read your Bibles, that, that'll give you a little bit more clarity. How, how do you interpret the Old Testament? What is the Old Testament about? Well, the, the Old Testament is about, is, is the gospel of God concerning his, his son, Jesus Christ. That's what it is. The law of Moses, uh, uh, um, the prophets and the writings, the Psalms, everything, they're all about him. And the Lord Jesus Christ had to open the mind of the people and he can open your mind to understand this today. The Christ or the Messiah, the story of the Bible is about Christ. And there's some themes in the Bible that we're, that we're going to see eventually. The suffering Messiah, the resurrection of the Messiah. What, what the resurrection entails for us. His victory over death, the forgiveness of sin, the future restoration of Israel, the church, this, the, the, the repentance that we can have in his name. A plan for all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Uh, why Jerusalem? Because that's the city of the great king. So let us go to our story. And we're, we're going to have today a quick, a quick uh, 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 overview of the Old Testament. So, so let's do this. In the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, God created everything and everything was good. Isn't it true? He created the earth, the garden, Adam, and Eve. Those are the elements necessary to have a kingdom. He created the citizens and the kingdom, and we have a king. It was there. Adam was to be representative, an image of God, a reflection of God, to rule over the earth. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. En el principio Dios creó a Adán y Eva. Y todo lo que creó, él era, era bueno, era bueno. Y, y esto te lo estoy contando para que entiendas qué es el Evangelio. Él creó la tierra, el jardín del Edén y Adán y Eva. Los elementos para el reino de Dios estaban ahí. 
para un reino. Estaban ahí, estaba un rey que era Dios, estaban los ciudadanos del reino que eran Adán y Eva y, y, y estaban, estaban eh, eh, el, el, el reino que era el jardín del Edén. Adán era, tenía que ser un representante de Dios para, para gobernar la tierra. El reino de Dios aquí en la tierra. El cielo aquí en la tierra. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We were made after the image of God and we were made to rule. We were created to rule over the kingdom of God as representatives at his image here on earth. The kingdom of God on earth, heaven on earth, because he loved us so much. The garden was a place of reunion between God and men, wasn't it? Communion with God and men. Perfect communion, the ability to speak with God. But they fell. And we all know the story. They fell. They disobeyed. Independence from the rule of God. They wanted to create their own faction. They, they didn't want it to submit to the authority of God. And when Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The result of sin was a declaration of independence, an attempt to be independent from God. Everything was affected by sin. Death was introduced. Our bodies suffer from the fall. All of creation suffer from the fall. We love life and we are really scared of death. We were created to live. Death, it's truly the one global pandemic that we cannot get under control. It wasn't meant to be that way. But our Lord, <laughs> it's his gospel, remember? It's his good news. Genesis 3.15, let's go there, Genesis 3.15. Adán y Eva desobedecieron el jardín, como sabemos. Ellos desobedecieron y perdieron su habilidad de tener comunión perfecta con Dios. Y ellos se rebelaron ante ese reino de Dios. Y ellos crearon su propia facción. Un reino separado, apartado de Dios. Y las consecuencias las sabemos hoy en día. Muerte, muerte. La muerte es la única pandemia que no podemos poner bajo control. Muerte, muerte. God always has the last word. He had a plan of redemption for all men. Through Jesus, since the beginning. Even when man rebelled, God wants us to be reconciled with him. Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The promise, the promise of someone descended from Eve And then payment, payment. Adam and Eve, they discovered that they were naked and they tried to make clothes for themselves with leaves. It says that their eyes were open. You don't have to have your eyes open to know that you don't have clothes. It was a fundamental change in their lives. 
naked before the Lord, apart from him, desperate. And with their sin, the Lord, the Lord, he gave them clothes. He killed an animal in front of them and clothed them. And the first president, the innocent for the guilty, was set right there. And it's a theme through the Bible. And it's very important that you get a grasp of this because this is the gospel of God. You won't understand what Jesus is all about if you don't understand this fundamental truth. That from the beginning, the Lord set a precedent, the innocent for the guilty. Instead of being representatives of the king, in our words and actions, we rebelled. And you can see through Genesis very quickly, things go south very fast, very quickly, apart from God. The image of God. During different times, the Lord appointed representatives of him on earth, people that would expand his kingdom here on earth, and that's the desire of God to establish his kingdom here on earth. Noah, for example, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Great people, fantastic people, amazing people. I would love to speak with them and, and, and learn from them. But people, nonetheless, just like you and I, flawed people, they couldn't do it. They couldn't make it. Moses was a type of Messiah. He was a type of Christ. He freed the people from captivity. He, inter he interceded for them. Remember, he said, take out my name from the book. If you're gonna kill them, take out my name from the book. He interceded for, for, for them. But he also failed. God gave them a tabernacle and a temple, a place of reunion with God. And the tabernacle and the, te and the temple, they were filled with, with images of the Garden of Eden. With the tabernacle came also the high priest. And we, we studied before about the high priest. And we said that the high priest is the first mention of a Messiah, of an anointed one, representative of the people before God. The priest is the first Messiah or anointed one. He even wore a golden crown. Remember, we spoke about that. Our names, the name of the Lord. In the day of atonement, he would take the sins of the people in a symbolic way and offer an offering for himself and the people. He would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle blood. And if the offer was accepted, if he didn't die, if the offer was accepted, he would return to the people and everyone would know that the sacrifice was accepted. This had to be done over and over and over again. And this in the middle of the law. It's the central story of the law. Remember, remember the innocent for the guilty. So we're back at the beginning, the king, his kingdom, and citizens. And the cycle of failure repeats itself over and over and over again. Now we're gonna see the establishment of the kingdom, but let me translate this to Spanish, because that's a big chunk. En el principio creó Dios los cielos y la tierra. Adán desobedeció, pero Dios los rescató. Y si tienes tus Biblias, ve a Génesis 3, capítulo 15, por favor. Adán desobedeció y en Génesis 3 capítulo 15 dice voy a poner enemistad entre tú y la mujer está hablando con la, de la serpiente en el jardín del Endén y, y, y entre, entre tus, tus hijos y, y sus hijos él él te va a herir la cabeza y tú 
su talón. Génesis 3.15. Desde ahí el Señor prometió que alguien iba a venir, que iba, iba a salvar a su pueblo. Y, y durante tiempos el Señor puso representantes de, de él aquí en la tierra, a Noé, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, personas que hemos escuchado, Moisés, gente excelente, pero al final del día personas como tú y yo que pecaron, necesitábamos a alguien perfecto. Luego teníamos el templo, que el templo era una representación nada más del jardín del Edén, un, un, un lugar en donde, en donde Dios y la tierra se unen. Teníamos el sumo sacerdote, el primer Mesías, o, o, o una persona que, que, que ha sido ungida. Así que estamos al principio de nuevo. Un rey, su, su reino y los ciudadanos, pero los, las fallas continúan. No había, no había salvación. Then, then Israel asked for a king. Uh, and, and in my opinion, that was, that was a really big step down for the people of Israel. A really, really downgrade from how things were. Saul was, he was not a good type of king. He was lacking and he sinned. He wanted to rule apart from God. Saul showed us the need of a good king. Aren't kings like that? God is always in control. He always has a solution for them. And the Lord gives them David. A man after God's own heart. David would fulfill the will of God in Israel. He crushed the enemies, his enemies head. He was a type of Messiah. It's all there. But he also sinned. But he also sinned. Not perfect. Almost there. Everybody, almost there. But not quiet. So let's go, let's go to... 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. And thank you so much for being so patient with the translation English and Spanish. Después la nación de Israel pidió un rey y, y en mi opinión fue lo peor que pudieron haber hecho. Les fue muy mal. El primer rey de Israel fue Saúl y Saúl fue un mal rey. Él no honró a Dios y Dios lo sacó. El siguiente rey fue David, un hombre conforme al corazón de Dios. Pero también era pecador, David. Él también era pecador. Pero a David, el Señor le hizo una promesa muy especial. Una promesa muy especial. Y van a, van, vayan a 2 Samuel, capítulo 7, versículo 12. 2 Samuel, capítulo 7, versículo 12. 2 Samuel 7, 12. But was promised that one of his lineage would be affirmed by God. When thy days are fulfilled, And thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee. That shall proceed out of thy bowels. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Remember, this is the gospel of God concerning his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here it is. Started with Adam. And he promised someone. And then we get to Abraham and things are starting to be a little bit more clear. And we get to David and we understand even better. It's someone that is coming from the seed of David, from the family of David. The promised king and his kingdom would be eternal. A better Adam, a better Noah, a better David, a better Moses. A really, truly 
wonderful king. The kingdom of Israel didn't last. The sons of David, they didn't do well. They didn't do too well. Israel had really bad kings and, and Judah some, had some good kings and, and, but most of them were, were really bad, were really bad. And I want to, to mention especially my, one of my favorite kings, Hezekiah and Josiah. Uh, I, I love them, I, I, they're, they're fantastic kings, especially Josiah. If you have time, go and research Josiah. Uh, and his uh, grandfather, great-grandfather Hezekiah. There was no meditation in the law of God. It was dismissed by the people. It led to division, uh, sacrifices of, of the children, horrible things, dismissal of God's word, the law of men over the law of God. The idea that you can have a gospel apart from God, good news apart from God. They were not acting. They were not being after the image of God. The kingdom were dissolved and they were taken prisoners by Assyria, Israel, and Judah by Babylon. <laughs> and we get to the time of the prophets. Remember, because, because we, we read that it's, it's the, the, the Torah, the first, the first five books of the, of the Old Testament, and the writings, and the prophets. So we're now at the time of the prophets. The prophets were an expression of God's love. Their job was to remind the people of their need to be after the image of God. They were God's representatives here on earth. The message was very simple. What was the message? What was the message? I say it almost every week. Repent. Repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message of the prophets. All the prophets. Till we get to John the Baptist. God is faithful. And even after many failures... On our part, he still had a plan of redemption. Repent, because the king is coming. The king that would destroy finally, once and for all, the serpent. That he would truly be after the image of God. That would be the place of meeting between God and men. He would mediate on our behalf. The king that would bring peace. No, not like the Roman peace that lasted for, what, 200 years or so, right, Well, No, not like that. El Señor nos dice que aparte de Él no, no puede haber buenas noticias. El reino de Israel, ellos tuvieron, tuvieron una, una serie de reyes, 40 reyes entre los, los dos reinos de Israel y Judá. Y todos, la mayoría fueron malos, la mayoría fueron malos. Tenemos a David, un buen rey, pero todos los demás, la mayoría fueron muy malos. Fallando, fallando, ¿dónde está el evangelio de Dios? ¿Dónde están las buenas noticias de Dios? No es verdad eso, nuestros gobiernos nos fallan, la gente nos falla. No había meditación en la ley de Jehová. Y los reinos fueron disueltos y llegamos al tiempo de los profetas y los profetas anunciaban el evangelio de Dios. Apreciéntanse porque el reino de Dios se acerca. The prophets. We need a king that can change our hearts because if history is any proof, and we have lots of it, there's not a single kingdom 
There's not a single government that can truly bring true peace to this world. We need a king that can change our hearts, a king that can take away the curse, that can restore us from the fall. That's a king that we need, that's a Messiah that we need. So we get to the New Testament, and the king is here. Finally, the New Testament begins right where the Old Testament left off. And let's go to Matthew chapter one. And we read this, you guys are experts in the book of Matthew. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Connecting the Old Testament with our Lord Jesus Christ. The promise was fulfilled. The promise to Abraham and the promise to David was fulfilled. A king that would be like no other, a victorious king, an eternal king. Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Jesus is a better Adam. Jesus is a better Eden, a permanent place of reunion. Jesus is a better sacrifice once and for all. He clothed us with his sacrifice. A better priest, he has no need for sacrifice himself. He intercedes for all us. A better king, better than David. He's a true shepherd king, like we learn in Matthew. Just and merciful, prince of peace. Victorious, unlike Saul. Savior of the world. He's also a better prophet. He's able to change our hearts and give us a new nature. The prophets could only say repent. But the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ can truly bring you to repentance. True, life-changing repentance. He established his kingdom, and this is my favorite part. He established his kingdom, not like the kings of this world. How do the kings of this world establish kingdoms? I say it. They roll with tanks and with guns, right? And they establish kingdoms that way. What did the Lord use? Who are the special forces that the Lord is deploying in this world? Let's go to Matthew chapter five. And you know this, again, you know this. And I'll give you a few seconds to read while I'm, while I'm translating this in Spanish. And I'm sure you'll have the answer by then. Llegamos al Nuevo Testamento. Y el Nuevo Testamento empieza justo donde el Antiguo Testamento acaba. Los profetas decían, arrepiéntanse porque el reino de los cielos ha llegado. Y en Mateo capítulo 1, versículo 1, si lo ves ahorita, empieza con Jesucristo y su genealogía. Hijo de Abraham, hijo de David. La conexión estaba ahí, la promesa que le habían hecho a Adán y Eva, la promesa que le habían hecho a Abraham, la promesa que le habían hecho a David. Estaba ahí, el Señor Jesucristo. Es expresa en el Señor Jesucristo. La promesa cumplida. Jesús era un mejor Adán, Jesús era un mejor Edén, un lugar de reunión, un mejor sacrificio. Los animales era continuo, Él fue una vez y para siempre. Un mejor sacerdote, él no tiene que ofrecer sacrificios por sí mismo. No hay temor de si va a vivir o no va a vivir el sacerdote cuando va a ofrecer sacrificio. Perfecto sacrificio. Un mejor rey, mejor que David. ¿Qué rey ofrece su vida por sus ciudadanos? Un mejor rey, un mejor profeta que nos puede cambiar nuestro corazón de verdad. 
Él estableció su reino sin necesidad de, de ir con tanques y pistolas. ¿Cómo lo estableció? ¿Cómo lo estableció? Vamos a Mateo capítulo 5. Mateo capítulo 5. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. Those, those are the people that the Lord has chosen to expand his kingdom here on earth. Not with tanks, not with guns. He has given us his gospel, the good news of him, of the king that was coming. Does it make sense now? The gospel of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ. You all are the salt and the light and the city. The Lord chooses to bring his blessings, the blessings of his kingdom to this world through the merciful, the peacemaker, the poor in spirit, the hungry and the thirsty for righteousness. What a wonderful king we have. Are you? Are you? Are you salt? Are you light? Are you a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden? Do you believe the gospel of God? Or do you believe the gospel of Rome? It's fascinating. It's fascinating to me that as believers, <laughs> from the time of the Romans till today, we have those two gospels that are parallel to each other. One says, have faith in the government of this world. And we say, if only the conservative government would be in place, things will be okay. That's not true. I'm not, I'm not saying don't vote conservative or anything like that. That's not it though. If that's where your hope is, that's not it. I trust in the gospel of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ. That's my trust. Put your trust in Jesus. He's commanding you to enter. He's commanding you to enter, to walk into the narrow gate, and then to walk the narrow path. With that in mind, do you believe in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? Are you okay with a king that doesn't roll into countries with tanks and guns, but he's telling you to be merciful, to be peacemaker, to be a way in, through which the blessings of the Lord flow to the world. What a wonderful gospel. En Mateo capítulo 5 vemos que el Señor no ocupó tanques, no ocupó pistolas, sino que dijo, bienaventurados los que, los humildes. Los, los bienaventurados, los puros de, de corazón, bienaventurados los que tienen misericordia, los, los que hacen paz, los que son perse, perseguidos por mi nombre, ellos son los que el Señor ocupó para expandir su reino en esta tierra. Y luego dice ahí adelantito en Mateo capítulo 5, versículo 13, ustedes son la sal de la tierra, ustedes son la luz del mundo, ustedes son la ciudad. ¿Eres tú eso? ¿Qué evangelio crees? ¿El evangelio de Roma? 
que nos dice esta persona es la salvador del mundo y lo vemos en la política de hoy en día si tan solo fulanito fuera presidente las cosas serían mejor no aparte del Señor Jesucristo no hay, no hay evangelio aparte del Señor de Jesucristo no hay evangelio verdadero come to repentance today put your trust in Jesus he is commanding you to enter Today is the day of salvation. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is a promise that we have from the beginning that the Lord would rescue us, that he would give us a new nature, that we will get that what we lost at the beginning. That he will give us repentance, the ability to repent through faith. Salvation, eternal salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ if we believe in him. And, and, and this phrase has been so diluted. And, and I try to emphasize this as much as possible. How do you know if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it's very easy. Is he the foundation of your life? What does it mean that something is the foundation? Is that which upon everything else rests upon, right? Is your life built upon the person of Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the gospel? Today is the day of salvation. May the Lord open our eyes to the beauty of his word and that the body of Christ here at Grafton might lift his eyes to our King, because his word is alive and it's powerful and it is eternal. So let us be representatives on earth of his kingdom, good servants, bond servants, volunteer servants to him, the mighty King, the one Savior, the true Savior, lasting peace for all. Esconge hoy. Hoy es el día de salvación. Pon tu fe en el Señor Jesucristo. ¿Y qué es tener fe? ¿Cómo sé si tengo fe en el Señor Jesucristo? Muy fácil. ¿En qué confías? ¿Sobre qué está fundada tu vida? ¿Y qué significa que es un fundamento? ¿Qué es el fundamento en una casa? Es aquella, aquella construcción sobre la que todo el edificio descansa. Tu vida, toda tu vida debe descansar, debe ser informada por el Señor Jesucristo. Ese es creer, tener fe en el Señor Jesucristo. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, for your gospel that is not like the gospel of Rome, that is eternal and it's true. And we can be confident of your ability to bring uh, uh, to conclusion all the promises that you've made. Lord, we're waiting the full display of your kingdom here on earth. But in the meantime, as believers, help us to be, to walk after the steps of Jesus Christ. That the world might see who we trust. Lord, help us to have relationships with one another that display and show your love. 
that we might be witnesses in this way with our actions first and foremost. Lord, help us to have a hunger and a thirst for your word that we might understand that all the scripture is written for our benefit and that everything, every single book in the Bible points to the person of Jesus Christ. It's your gospel concerning your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we don't have anything to do with it that is in your hands. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, our king, that is a king like no other, a king that gave his life for his citizens. Lord, bless the rest of this day. And I pray this in your name. Amen.